1: Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We are coming to you live from the Brood Dog Outpost out here in Cleveland for All Star Weekend 2022. We got a legendary guest with us. Before we get to that, Gil, glad you made it out. I heard you had some issues getting on that flight. If you want to tell people real quick what went down,
0: to be honest, it's, it's the concept of 45 minutes to check my bag in. So if I get to the airport two hours, I'll just sit in the parking lot. Right? Just watching Netflix or something. And then I'm like, oh man, 45 minutes. So I'll get to the thing and try to check it and be like, oh, it's closed. And I'm like, I'm so used to like just getting on the plane, right? Like, okay, it's you know 10 o'clock, and you know, I can walk on at, you know, 945. <laughs> like, what's happening, baby? So, so
1: those are baller issues that we'll never have to deal with. But let's introduce our guest. We got the legend, Amin El Hassan. For those who don't know, Amin started out with the Phoenix Suns. He was a video coordinator, rose up the ranks to assistant director of basketball ops before making the peace move and going over to ESPN for about a decade. You saw him on every show possible to jump all, all over the spot. Now he's doing stuff with Sirius. He's over with Metal Arc Media and Dan Lebertard and Friends, and he's got a new podcast called
2: Basketball Illuminati dropping. What's going down, Amin? Man, I'm... I'm... I want to say I'm happy to be here, but I'm not. Right, right. <laughs> Man, look at this weather. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm, look I'm at this. happy to be here with y'all. Elements. Because, yeah, <laughs> elements. Because obviously, you know, both of you guys are, are people I look up to respect and respect and I find hilarious. And I, I told producer Danny, I said, I didn't even know I was eligible to be on the show. <laughs> I, no. th- I thought I had to have like some sort of resume playing somewhere to, in order to be. I mean, people.
1: you're doing you're doing major stuff though. I mean, we linked up probably like six, seven years ago yeah. when I was doing Legend of Chamberlain High yeah. came by the office. I was trying to get to your level. Now, we're almost, if you're, you're here, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm still climbing, but you're balling, man.
2: <laughs> Yo, it's funny you talk about getting to the airport two hours early and just sitting there and waiting until 45 minutes. It reminded me of uh, when, I, when I worked for the Suns, Hidu Turkoglu. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were at training camp, I, I had to drive the van, take the guys from the hotel to the, to the uh, facility, but like, I could only take like four or five at a time, but it's cool because everybody getting ready at a different time. (laughs) He would come out like early as hell. He'd be the first one out there. You sit down and he's like, is this the last run? I'm like, nah, I still got a bunch of these. He's like, I'll take the next one. (laughs) He would do this literally until it was like the last one. So he would be three hours before practice ready to go, but wouldn't go over until like, all right, practice starts in like five or minutes. Let's, go, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's why just... Like, what's, the, what's the, Why don't you Why don't you watch Netflix inside? Like, what, I don't know. also <laughs> this that's like the comfort of my own car. I don't. It's just
0: it's a it's a bad habit. Like I I miss my first flights when I'm flying. Just it's just it's like this <laughs> running joke of just missing flights. Like it's just I I just can't just.
1: But that's a long trip We're coming from Woodland Hills to LAX, back to the wood, the other wood.
0: No, no, this was like 40, 40 minutes. Like, I just, the concept of, oh, I got to check my bag in 45 minutes before. Yeah. Like, that just throws, it throws my timing off every single time.
2: But why are you waiting until, the, like, the buzzer? Like, I don't, I don't you're know. You're doing that thing in the, dri- in the driveway, like, three, two. And then, I'm, like, and then, and then, and then I'm going to just be honest,
0: because I know they, they listening, but I get to the kiosk, and then I, you know, I check in, and they were like, oh, you can't check your bag. 45 minutes closed. Right. I was like, it's only 44 minutes. They said, like, oh, all you have to do is just go talk to them and then they'll check you back in. I was like, I'm going to just go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going to just go home and do this shit tomorrow.
1: <laughs> that's real. That's, you're you're moody to be to your own drum. You're always a real one. But, I mean, let's talk about, you got the, the Basketball Illuminati podcast. Yeah. You know, that's a word, two words I never expect to see together. Yeah. The second word I don't really like saying much is because I like the bags that I'm getting and I don't want to... You know, part of it. No, nah. I'm in the Obuminati. I'm not yeah, <laughs> right, like
2: not. Nah. But what's going on? So tell us about a little bit about the show. So basketball podcasts are all the same, right? You got a host, you got a second host, we got a guest today. What's oh? Uh, how did uh, the the Nets beat the Knicks last night after going down 27, or whatever? Oh, the, the big trade rumors. Oh, who's going to buyout market? Like every podcast is the same in that way, in that same format. Now some guests are. Funny and en- engaging and entertaining. Some of them are more technical, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. We said we want to do a podcast, but we want it to be different. And so, Basketball as a sport is one of conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. more than any other sport. Like, think about how many different ones you can just think of. Like, oh, Patrick Ewing the frozen envelope. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jordan ate the pizza and the pizza was spiked and that's yeah. why he was sick. Yeah.
1: uh Fantasy pizza.
2: Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> so, right. The lottery is rigged. How did the-, the Cavs win number one overall like two years in a row? And all of these things in our sport—it's big. So they said, let's do a show from the perspective of a conspiracy theorist, like. Okay. Everything is more than what it seems. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. league is pulling things, like Michael Jordan was out for two years because he wanted to play baseball? Come on, man. Uh, so that's the whole concept of the show, is just digging into these conspiracies about everything, whether it's big stuff that's happened mm-hmm. or stuff that's happening right now, like, for instance, James Harden going to Philly. You an idiot if you think this just happened this week, right? hmm mm-hmm. the, G- the president is his boy from Houston. The president of business ops... Is his boy from Houston? Yeah, the, one of the owners is his boy. Like, and the guy <laughs> said it in the in the press conference. Said this was my first choice. Yeah. So you think, all of a sudden on Thursday, all of a sudden oh, now they started talking? Come on, man. Yeah. What I mean, it? what do you, what do you say? I mean, what, are we got Tampercella going on. What's going <laughs> on? Look, I'm not here to like legislate or get people in trouble. I'm just telling everybody if you following basketball. Read the tea leaves, man. Write yeah. the writing on the wall. We know what's going on. We know these things aren't coincidences. You think you're gonna have some backlash from the NBA? Yeah. So, somebody asked me, is the name of the uh, podcast NBA Illuminati? I said, no, no, basketball Illuminati, because I don't want any problems, any flack. So our first episode, we had a thing that we uncovered. This is 100% true. There was a game between the Spurs and the Kings in December where Buddy Heald hits a clear three pointer from about 24 feet out. But for whatever reason, the ref called it a two. The replay center didn't fix it, and so the game ended basically uh, with that one less point for the Kings. Now, the Kings won by 10. You say, what does it matter? Mm -hmm. Buddy Heald has incentives in his contract for three-point percentage, Mm -hmm. and where he ranks in three-point makes for the season. So there's a scenario where, let's say he gets hurt or something, he's out 600 grand on that shot that probably should have counted but didn't. Now, you would think that someone would have caught it. They do a 48-minute report. They review everything afterwards, right? That's what they tell us. They tell us it's not just the last two minutes. They're reviewing everything. So let me get this straight. The rest didn't see it. The people in the replay center didn't see it. The people doing the 48-minute review didn't see it. And by the way, here's how I know that happened. Because on the shot chart, if you go to NBA.com, the NBA.com shot chart has it moved to be a two-pointer. Right, it's Mm. actually scored. Uh You see it on the shot chart, make top of the key. But if you go to ESPN shot chart, it's the accurate one. So that means somebody said, "Boss, this is a three-pointer." Yeah, but they called it a two. Go ahead and move it there. Wow. So you ask, is the NBA gonna be pissed? I'm pretty sure they're not gonna be happy that we're calling them out on things that they haven't fixed and they kind of brushed under the rug. Speaking of that, so when I first
0: came in, I remember, you know, like you you know, locker room talk, and we talk about players' contracts, right? Like, oh, this guy has a free-throw incentive in his contract. This person has this. So when you're trying, when you're sitting on the bench, you know, and you're watching people's play, like, oh, yeah, you got a wide open layup, go take it. Like, yo, why you didn't take that, right? Ah, I'm already at my shooting percentage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't want to get fouled anymore. I don't want to. So now he's playing his game off of that incentive. So that let me know right now, never take incentive deals because, because now it's this. You don't control that. You think if you're, you're last place and you got in a bonus, if you average, seen this one before, oh. you average 20 points a game, you average 20 points a game, you get an extra $3 million, and they check you in that game, you think they're going to allow you to play? No, they're going to check you in, two minutes into it, sub out. Dip to 19.8. Boom, no $3
2: million. That happens a lot with rookies in a qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. When you're a restricted free agent, there's a qualifying offer the team has to offer you in order to keep your restricted free agency rights, mm-hmm. right? Now, depending on how many games and how many minutes you played in that last season, that qualifying offer might be lower or might be higher. So a lot of times, they are like, I'm not going <laughs> to have to have $9 million tied up on this. Mm-hmm. So they will play around with the minutes. It's funny, like it works in different ways. I remember uh, Grant Hill in Phoenix had a a bonus. He had to average, if he, he a bonus from Nike, if he averaged fifteen points or whatever it was for the season, and he was at like 14-9 or whatever. <laughs> so that last game, we literally just force fed him. It, like you know, Grant Grant's a high IQ guy, good yeah. shot guy. He shot like five of thirty that game. Because we were forced me yeah, to, just trying to get him to <laughs> however many points he needed to hit that incentive. My, it was my second year. So,
0: you know, I'm on a two-year deal. Yeah. So I'm on a two-year deal. Minimum. Yeah, two-year minimum. Yeah. Mm. So the first, the, the first part of the season, you know, I'm averaging like 18, 7, and 8. No triple-doubles, right. double just, just statin' it, yeah. right? We're winning. And then I remember our first televised game, we're playing against New Jersey. The game starts off 7-2 me. I got seven. Jason Kidd on national TV. Right. Four minutes in the game, I get subbed out. Right? So, you know, you get to the bench, like, damn, what happened? It's like, are you killing on TV, boy? <laughs> right? I like, know I am. Didn't get back into the game. Right. Coaching me at halftime. Finish where you left off. Like you, at that point, I'm hot. Like, finish where I left off. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm mentally I'm done. Right. And then I, I actually boycott a practice. Jason Richardson boycotted with me, and then that's where we both, like, got boycotted. We boycotted. It was was a big thing. Found out that I was playing over my mid-level exception. So they were like, you you can't let him stay like this. So I remember I told um, Coach, um, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing right now, my points ain't stopping, <laughs> All right? You can play me as many minutes as you. you can play me four minutes. I'm shooting the ball. I just stop passing these fools. I don't, I don't care about none of that. If I'm averaging 18, right. I'm averaging 18. I said, because at the end of the day, if you losing because you don't have me in, that's, that's on you. Right. They're going to fire you. But I'm, I'm doing what I'm going to do. And then at some point, he was like, you know what? It is about my do you. Like, I, um, at least we we're on the same page because I was like,
2: I, I, I won't pass it. It's crazy. I mean, you got a rule named after you. Yeah. Like, isn't that but, <laughs> crazy? crazy
1: <like, the laughs> idea that. We're not giving bags anymore because Gil literally just. But Well, no, it actually made
2: things better for players because. But that's what I'm saying. Because at the, time, at the time, it was like, I don't know how many of the viewers noticed, Gil killed and the most they could offer him was a mid level exception. Yep. Like, and 32. like, you had two o- you had Clippers and Wizards, right? Both offering. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Like, 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 Clippers was like at 55, but we right. were still it was so funny, it was still negotiating because it was uncharted. Who? It was everything was uncharted. With the Warriors, you were still negotiating? Yes. Because that's what I said.
2: So <laughs> well, I, I could have be nice, like, oh, yeah.
0: been Joe, I could have been Joe Smith, be honest. Right. Because they can only offer me like 42. Right. No, 49. Yeah. 49 was the most. So uh Denver came in and was like, um 51. Right. I'm like. Two million more? Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. And then Clippers went up to 55. Right. Um, Washington was at 55. and Then they came up after that, right? Yeah, so Brian and Russell opted out. Mid-level went up. Right. I mean, the, you know, the yeah. salary cap went up. So they was like, Wh- whatever we have, we're giving it to you. Like, all right. So, But I'm asking for the max at that point. Right. know, I'm just asking. So Lamar Odom is waiting for me because he's number one. I'm right. two. So, like, we're sitting there trying to bounce off of each other. Warriors, I mean, you know, you there. They, I got the green light. I got this. You know, I got the the Vipers and the Ferraris outside <laughs> waiting for me. I was supposed to sign for the four point. It was four point nine. Right. For that one year. Yeah. And then I had a contract under the. So table.
2: you oh no, man. You can, you know you know the story with that right with the Joseph. Joseph yeah. yeah. I, but you know but you know like what actually happened. No. So they said we'll do it and then allegedly. Joe's agent said, because the, the owner was so old, and so said, yeah, this dude might croak, and then y'all ain't gonna off, uh, honor the deal. So that's why they put it in writing. Oh. That's how they got caught. If it was just a verbal kind of, we'll take care of you, nothing would have oh, happened. Same shit. I'm, <laughs> no, it was. You in writing?
0: What? <laughs> yeah, no, the, so the contract was already gonna be signed, dated, oh, wow. everything, like, and it was just gonna, a be, year later. It was gonna be in the safe, and I'm like, like oh, we found it. Yeah, <laughs> but what, what, what what happened is, the, the owner's there, and you know, he's pretending that he's not here. Right. So we're having a conversation like this, and he's off to the side, right? Like looking like this, right? And I'm like, I don't like, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I just went through battling with you. Right. Yeah. So I don't trust this whole thing. I wanna be here, I wanna be, you know, I wanna be around my, you know, my teammates. Right. I already done programmed them, they're they not getting the ball. So I already got the program is already in, <laughs> you know what I mean? So from there it was just, you know, seven, you know, I got 4.9, then I got the deal was, it was a seven-year, $79 million right. deal. So it was one year, one year, and Four, then 4.9, and then, then seven years 79 million. Gotcha. And then once once the math calculated from what Washington offered, that was a dumb deal for me. Right. You know what I mean? Because it would have been like eight years, like $82, 83000000 yeah. i I'm already getting six year Right. You know, 66. So it was like... I love bag talk. I, <laughs> guess so I, so I just well. hope to see a
1: contract
2: like that at some point <laughs> in my life. No, it's the wildest thing, man. Yeah. Some of these contracts. It's just, it's just crazy how they get to where they get to. Allen Houston told a story about his deal. He was like one of the first $100 million guys, right? When he signed with the Knicks, right? So he was already on a, like a $56 million deal and he had an opt-out. Uh-huh. He opted out. And uh, they just come off the Olympics, and so him and his agent like game planning what they're gonna offer, whatever, and da da da. And like they said, okay, they sat down and were like, we're gonna go, right, we're gonna start with eighty, and then we'll probably end up at seventy three or whatever. And he said they sat down, and the Knicks said hundred million. And they said, can I get that pen? <laughs> they didn't <laughs> tell word. So they sat down like word, okay, no. no haggling, nothing. Like it was just a different time, and now you got guys like I said, Buddy Healed, where. Like, the amount of money he makes is significantly impacted by, like, his incentives. Which, you know, like, what's so funny is when Buddy
0: Hill was... When his contract came up, right? And everybody was talking yeah. about it. And Buddy Hill is not happy. I dm Buddy Hill. Yeah. I DM'd him. And I said, hold on. I'm not telling you to take it. I'm not telling you to leave it. Don't be one of those players that get screwed by decision-making. I said... You have your worth. You know what you're worth. Don't don't, don't listen to nobody else. It's right. not about your agent, it's about your friends. What you're worth. So I said, then account for I said not your draft class. I said you was an older player coming in. Right. So think about the age. So going back in. So so now you're, you know, 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Think about everyone that's your age. Where are they at? Right? I said right now 25, 26. Beal three-time Daniel. All-Star, yeah. you got Giannis, you got all the... That's your age group. Right. So so now you have to look at, all right, you're averaging 22. You haven't made an All-Star game. Who else is in that category? I said, CJ McCullough. Right. So I uh, said, CJ. I said, this is CJ's contract. Right. You're right there. Right. So I said, so don't buck too much, because I can tell you that I've seen it. You don't like that contract, and then you play the next year? They're going to bench your ass right. and mess that contract yep. up. Now they're going to get the same player for cheaper. Right. So I said, this is supposed to be the happiest time of your life, bro. <laughs> like, take it, look, use it, like play, and then sign a yeah. bigger one. Yep. I said, but you know, this is supposed to be the happiest time. You shouldn't be stressed right now, bro. Nah. <laughs>
2: it's, but it's great because there is no right answer. That's the thing. Like People want there to be just a strategy say this, but Everyone's different in different situations. LeBron was doing that one plus ones. Uh And everyone's like, oh, everyone should do one plus ones. Like, no, not everyone. Because LeBron's got like two, you know, however many hundreds of millions in the bank. Mm -hmm. He can afford to let it ride because it's like, what's the the downside is, okay, so I'm I'm LeBron and I signed a one-year deal or two-year deal. Meanwhile, like, a guy like Kevin Love, Mm -hmm. it's like, hell yeah, I'm taking the longest possible deal because Mm -hmm. I need to guarantee this money. Like, he's not making the money off the court. So everybody's in a different situation, but I think you're right, the incentive thing, it leads to not basketball, right? It, whether it's the player changing the way he plays because mm-hmm. he's trying to hit his incentive or keep his incentive, or the team messing around like how often, like, ideally, we put these incentives because we want you to be that great. Yeah. So why would I say, whoa, 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 you, you're too great. <laughs> oh, that's gonna cost me, like. Well, no, the, the incentive
0: is, it's a money structure, right? You want. Like right now we're at 100 million. Right. You're at 125. How do we close this uh, yeah. gap? So it's like, ah, uh, incentives, right? Now, the incentive, depending on who you are, right. you know, if you're one of those, if you're a KG, these incentives would be like, all right, you average 20 and 12, right. 2 million. We make the playoffs, 2 million. Yeah. Make it to the second round, 2 million. Like. We're gonna get you. Yeah. You just being you. are gonna get, get you. You just you. Yeah. But we'll you know, MVP. if you're if you're someone that's like, ah, I really don't want to give you this extra twenty five million. So it's like, all right, five million if you're the MVP. Right. If you make the All Star MVP right. another full yeah. million. Right. You know, if, actually, gonna, if you gonna if you do it, if you lead, <laughs> yeah. you lead the league in the NBA. So now you'd be like, oh, he got a hundred and twenty five million dollar deal. Nah, mm. the shit's really 6'5". Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you know but, just, but, in, like.
2: But some of Buddy's incentives are like, make the Western Conference Finals. Like, you know damn well, y'all ain't paying that much. <laughs> but if you buddy, why, <laughs> why, why are you signing that? Like, like, like come like, on, dawg. If you date Rihanna, we'll give you another 20 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's what they do, because
0: you, you, you just you just want, you know, you have the number in your brain, and you just want to get there. Yeah. You know, so you're not worrying about the incentive, you just like, I got 125? Yeah. You, know, you know, it's really, you know, 80-something. It's really that, <laughs> but you know, it's 125 for the paper. That's what I'm taking.
1: I mean, you've been on the inside, obviously working as an exec. How, how cognizant are teams of situations like that? We're like, ooh, I'm not trying to break this bread on these couple meals. So I'm gonna... on a contract yeah. stuff. Oh, they they all know. But like, I mean, yo, but is that is that trickling down the coaching and they're Like, yo, yeah, don't give don't give he, him no burn. He just down.
2: told you how it happened to him. Like, it, it happens, but it depends on where we are. Like, like he said, if it's if, it, if we gave this to KG, mm-hmm, where he's expected to do this, mm-hmm. so you don't have a problem with it, right? We're gonna play and the coach. It's the best player, one of the best players in the league, we're trying to win games, we're trying to win a championship. Of course I'm gonna play them. Of course, I don't care about incentives. But like younger players, yeah, man, like you see, like I said, some of these first round picks, especially the team's not good. Because te- teams will pay if we're winning. But if we're like 37-win team, <laughs> like why am I gonna make life more expensive and harder on me? Because he did something that, all right, you're better than what we thought you'd be, but you're still not, you're not like one yeah. of the best players in the league. That's, that's the difference. Now, when it came to him, in his situation, he was one of the best players in the league. It's just nobody knew it yet, right? So it, that's why I say it's, it's different for everybody in every situation from teams to players. Sometimes you're cool with it. You're like, I don't care. Yeah, I'll take it. Like, if he's doing that, that means we're, obviously things are going well. And then sometimes you're like, look, man, we're going to the lottery. Why am I going to, <laughs> like, add stress and prices to this? Because at the end of the day, people think billionaires are like, money ain't a thing. I guarantee you, man. <laughs> Made it cheap. They, they, the, they care so much. In Phoenix, we went through like six years in a row where we sold a first-round pick, and usually it was to Portland for like $3 million. We were making like $15 million. They changed the rule because of us. Mm-hmm. It used to be you could get $3 million on transactions, cash, every single time. A hundred times, two times, doesn't matter. Now it's like, no, there's a cap to how much you can make in a year. Like you can make, I think, $10 million in cash. After that, no one can throw in cash on deals. Mm-hmm. So... But the whole thing for us was like, yeah, we could have drafted Rudy Fernandez. But they took James Jones' contract and Brian Grant's contract, which we were a luxury taxpayer, and they threw in $3 million. We basically turned around and went as our owner like, look, we found $5 million for you. We're heroes at that. (laughs) (laughs) People don't understand that. It's like they're businessmen. Money money always talks. Whether it's a dollar or a penny, they care. They They care (laughs) unless it's like their own shit. Like, they'll go crazy over, we had a year where we did a deal and we misdid the math as far as like how much money we're gonna take. So we ended up saving less money than we were supposed to. And the owner lost his shit. And then later that summer, we went to his house that he just finished building. Mm -hmm. And my man had in, in his house, like a practice facility that was better than the one that we had as a team. The floor was the all-star floor, and he had like the scoreboard. You hit a button. All of a sudden, <laughs> instead of a scoreboard, it's a TV. It's a, it just looks like a glass window. Mm-hmm. But you hit a button, it looks like a TV. You're watching Sports Center, You hit another button, now it's a clock and a uh-huh. score or whatever. And we're like, nice to have some of this shit. Where we actually practice, like where we're actually doing things. But the reality is, I think most people are like, I don't want to make it a billionaire. thing. think most people are like, you'll spend money on your shit. Mm-hmm. But if it's my business or something else, now we're, we're counting dollars. Like, wait a second, how much do we spend? You, you know, at that point,
0: it's just crunching numbers. And, you know, as players, just players, period, you really have to understand that side because you need to know if you're gonna be one of those players that they're just gonna open the book to. Right. Or you're gonna be sitting there negotiating.
2: But, like, being a player, part of it is, like, you believe, of course I'm gonna be one of them. Like, you have to. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say about, about players, man. Y'all got a level of confidence that it's like you guys and stand-up comedians. Uh-huh. the Only people who go out there like, yeah, I'm the best in the world. Uh-huh. You have to believe, because if you're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm all right, like, <laughs> it, it shows and, and you can't sure. do it. So that's why I said, everyone's different. You sit here and you say, well, you gotta know what kind of guy you are, but so many guys don't know what kind of guy they are. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's a part of life that everybody's delusional. Like, we all think we're the best looking, we're the flies, best dressed. No. Except for me, I know I'm not.
0: No, what <laughs> I'm saying, only the, only the confident players do. Like, you can, that's what, like you can see who alpha males are you know alpha males is not about the toughest the strongest it's just the mentally strong like tom brady right? he can't beat nobody up in his locker room but he's an alpha male that's but he it. can pass you the rock yeah, but that's you what but nice. he's an no, alpha it, so but, but it's so true. now think about it on the court like you're alpha male like he thinks he's the best player he thinks he's this he treats himself like this so like when when contracts are being negotiated like
2: it's funny because you're absolutely right. Like, people think it's like Debo walked in the locker room and that's the alpha male. Like, yeah. No, a lot of times people just listen to people. Yeah. And sometimes you hope it's your best player, but sometimes it's not. not. Sometimes it's one of <laughs> yeah, the. Sometimes it's the events. And you know, like, Udonis has him. Now, he probably could beat up most of his locker room, but, but the point is, like, people are like, oh, why is he there? He's like, he's there because players listen to him. Yep. Right? And the moment he steps up, puts on a suit, and sits over here, like, one seat over that power is lost because the whole point of it is, it's coming from a standpoint of, I'm one of Mm y'all. The moment I put like, you know, like Juwan Howard, he was that guy in the locker room, then he became a coach, and like, it's just not the same Same dynamic, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, you are with the Suns during the seven seconds or less run with D'Antoni and Nash. How hard was it for D'Antoni to sell that vision within the organization, and what impact has that had on the game since?
2: So I got there. It, the machine was already rolling. I, I was there, and we were printing money already. Because uh, at that t- at that point, my first year was the technically the third year. The first year, D'Antoni, he was an interim coach. So they started changing the way they played, but they just didn't. The, the roster, even though I had Amari and I had Shawn Marion and Barbosa and a lot of these guys, it just wasn't quite good enough. Oh four, oh five, they go with the Cavs. They go they go after Kobe, but Kobe ends up coming back to LA. So. They ended up signing Q Rich and Steve Nash. And that year, that's when like, when Steve got there, it's like basically Steve Nash and Quentin Richardson to last year's roster that was a thirty-one win team. Mm-hmm. Turned into a 62 win team. And, and, that, and the change, and the rule that, change. The rule, oh, the rule, well the rule change that happened a couple of years ago. It was a touch but, towel, right? But nobody was taking advantage Adventure. of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the hand check stuff was in and, and also a little bit of zone defense, but it was just like, mm-hmm. No one was taking advantage. We were yep. still playing the same way. Mm-hmm. And then Mike was like, we're going to play fast. And everyone was like, yeah, whatever. When you're a bad team playing fast, nobody cares. But nobody cares. But you get Steve Nash, all of a sudden, now you're the best team in basketball, and we're the only ones playing that way. Everyone was saying it's not going to work in the playoffs, and they, like, destroyed everybody up until They got to the conference finals. They lost to the Spurs. And I love when people say, see, I told you it wouldn't work. Oh, because we lost to the champs in the conference finals? <laughs> and yeah, it yeah. didn't work? Because, you know, like, Detroit got to the finals and they beat two? Mm-hmm. Does that mean their shit didn't work either? Yeah. that it makes sense? So the next year, Amari's hurt. And uh, they sign Rajah Bell and James Jones and trade for Boris Diaz because Joe Johnson left. Yep, yep. Joe Johnson, you want to talk about contracts. Hold on, listen to this. This is one of my favorites. Joe Johnson, before the 62-win season, he's up for his rookie extension. You got to sign it before the start of the season, mm-hmm. right? The Suns are offering 42 and a half. Joe, Joe and his agent are like... 45, 45, and the owner said, man, I just bought this team. I already gave $60 million to him. I already signed this dude to an extension like that, like, I'm not, no. No, 42 and a half, last offer, or you can just go ahead and earn it in season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest is history. Like, yeah, yeah. You go to the season, Joe's an all-star, he's 6'8", strong as shit, guards multiple positions, shoots threes, playmaker, right? He is a max player. Yes. Get the all-season They're like, ah, oh, hey Joe, <laughs> Atlanta not only not only gave him max, they had they came, I don't think you could do this anymore. They front-loaded the contract. So, November 1, $20 million cash got to hit his account. That's how, And that's, that's it, how smart
0: teams started. I mean, like just people who was negotiating started front-loaded so that team
2: don't want to do it. Don't want to do it, So they want to do it. So, Luckily, Joe turned into a sign-and-trade for uh, Boris Diaz, who at the time wasn't playing well in Atlanta because like, Mike Woodson thought of him like, traditionally. You're power forward, rebound, da-da-da. It was so funny. Is when, I, when he guarded me, he came in as a point guard. Yep. And it was just as weird. I mean, he came as a point, but he was like a point forward. Yeah. So Boris comes over, Roger comes over, the team goes back to the conference finals. I started working for the team that year, but like real, real friendship, So I never count 05-06. Even though that was my first year. My first official year being like there every day was 06, 07. And to me, that's crazy. I tell people all the time, that's the best team we had. We lost in the second round that year, but that was the best team we had because it was Steve Nash was a two-time MVP, Mm -hmm. Uh, Amari was first team All-NBA, Roger Bell was All-Defensive team, Uh, Leandro Barbosa was sixth man of the year. Everybody on our roster either shot 50% from the field or Mm -hmm. like. 39% 39% from
0: three, everybody. Had, you had like
2: four or five players in the top ten in three-point percentage. Yep. yep, and we were beating people that, and we were guarding too. If people don't understand, you look at defensive rating, our defense was a lot better than people thought cuz we had added Kurt Thomas. Roger was there, obviously Sean was an amazing defensive player. They made up cuz it really was Steve and Amari were the two that couldn't guard anybody. Yeah. So. We figured out, like, yo, if you surround them with guys <laughs> who do, like, we can, we ain't gotta be number one. Mm-hmm. We just gotta be good enough for our offense to be unstoppable at that point. And then, of course, Robert Ori gets hit, you know, hip tech Steve, and we get bounced in the second round, but like, we should have won that year. There was no team that could have beat us. They ended up playing, uh, oh, they played Cleveland in the finals. On, yep, man. Yeah, yeah. That was my 54 against them year. Yep. Yep. That was when he was on the Revenge Tour. Yep. (laughs) Yo, man, it's crazy because I'm going to tell y'all this, real talk. We would sit around the office and be like, damn, Gilbert's amazing. Could never have him on this team, though. Like, (laughs) legit. Like, it was just like one of those things that you admire over there and, like, absolutely not. (laughs) We knew you were crazy, man. We knew you were. And talking about guys who were influential in the locker room, you would come in and there are dudes that were going to follow you that didn't know you were just messing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would yeah. follow him for real. Like, hey, <laughs> hey we, should, we should light this place on fire. Yeah, yeah. I, I got No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just kidding. Saying, I'm just kidding. He's not serious. Just... <laughs> but we had guys that wouldn't understand that. It was crazy because obviously the way you played was ahead of your time. Mm-hmm. And you know who told me, who really put me onto it, was Jay Rich. Jay Rich, years and years later, this is when Jay Rich was in Philly. He said, "Hey, man, you ever think it's funny how like all the shit they said Gilbert was." bad, like, oh, he shoots too much, he shoots too many threes, like, like, that's what they're glorifying now. Like, all the guys, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry and all these guys, they're playing the way Gilbert played, but when Gilbert did it, it was a sin. Because they didn't didn't understand it. They didn't understand.
0: They didn't understand it at the the time. Like, I understood, okay, there's a shooting guard, there's a point guard. Steve Nash, like, I'm playing against Steve Nash, right? and and, you know, I understand he's harder to guard when he's in kill mode. When he's, yep. like, so if you look at our battles, I got 54, he got 40.
2: The, the only reason you guys are in his game, because he decided to score. Yep. He decided yep. to score. And Steve said that. Steve said that when he was working for the Warriors. He said, I watched Steph Curry play, and I realized I was being selfish by not, not shooting. Me. Because I thought, this is how you're supposed to play and realizing now that like, no, no, when he's a scoring threat, now you don't know, you can't play him for anything. You can't play him for the pass, you can't play him for the the shot. And Steve was an amazing shooter everywhere. So when people's like, Steph
0: is the best shooter, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say yes, but man, Steve Nash didn't miss, bro. Like, he only took a certain amount of shots, but when he shot the ball,
2: like, I'd be like, ah. You you can look up the numbers, this dude. Hook shots, like Scott Hooks, right hand, left Mm -hmm. hand. Off the wrong, like everything, all over the floor. There wasn't a basketball shot that he couldn't make, other than dunking. Right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the only thing he couldn't do. He could do it probably, but like it wasn't worth it. Right. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Like there was a time before Steph where we were like, people say is Ray Allen the greatest shooter, and we we're like, look, Ray's amazing and obviously deserves to be up there, but Steve
0: Nash is up there Steve, too. Steve Nash, like that's what I said. Like, like if you look at our games where we play, because my whole thing was this. I need to attack him because I don't want to guard him. Yeah. This is what some coaches don't understand in today's game. Today, you guys think defense actually stops offense. No, 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 no. Offense stops offense. So when I'm guarding Steve, when I'm playing against Steve Nash, I'm like, okay, I need to attack him, get him tired so he doesn't attack back. Get him in foul trouble so he can sit down. Because I can't, like, once he's... I can't guard him. He can't guard me. So it's now who is gonna get the first one tired first. Right. So when I go against Steve Nash or any other scorer, I'm trying to score the first eight shots I'm going, then they gotta sub them off and I'm like, all right, I mentally won. Because you gotta you gotta. <laughs> and go. You guys are making the adjustment. But now now yeah. he's pissed. Now he's, he's coming if you look at Steve Nash, 40, he gonna have 40, 38, yeah. like, and he's averaging 17 because I forced him right. to be a scorer. The
2: only way you're gonna keep up with this game is if you actually try to score. But- what it is, you know what it is? It's bigger than that. It's the idea that, like, yeah, you got to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that in the 90s and the 2000s, we got so into, like, he's a three point shooter. All you do is stand there and shoot threes. He's a point guard. All you do is set people up. You're a big. Like, and we got to a place where, like, no, I expect my players to be able to do it all, it all. shoot threes, guard your position, rebound, uh, make plays for others, right? And so you asked Josiah, like, what was the reaction? It was delayed, but it changed the way the game is because Joe Johnson went from, like, a tweener, is what they used to call guys like Joe Johnson, to that's what we're looking for. Yep. That's we what want we're, a guy like that. Yep, that's what we're looking for.
0: So
1: let's spin it ahead. Now, you're looking at the current Sun squad. Are you surprised at all at how fast they got so good when they brought on CP3 and Monty Williams and that crew?
2: No. No, I wasn't surprised at all because Chris Paul, I knew he's... The problem in Phoenix wasn't a talent issue. They'd had talent, right? But they didn't have... It was, Ironically, go back to our, our era, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just told you, Amari was a first-team All-NBA player, Sean Marion, who's a multiple-time All-Star, Leandro Barbosa, who's sixth man of the year. All those dudes with that coaching staff were there. And the team won 30 games. 30 games. And you put a guy who's a culture setter like Steve Nash or Chris Paul, and everything falls into place. Did he make Devin Booker great? No, Devin Booker was a great player. But he made it so that, like, if we're going to do this... No one's going to, like, I don't feel like doing that. You yeah. know on bad teams, it's easy for people to be like, all right, we'll do it as long as we win. And as soon as we start losing, all right, cool, I tried it your way. Yeah. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. You had Chris Paul in and, there and because he had a relationship with Monty, too. Yeah. You know that they are on the same page. So everybody else falls in line. So I, this great? Yeah, I didn't think they'd be this great. This is the I said this on on the air on Leopardy the other day. It's the greatest Suns team of all time. It's better than our teams. It's better than Charles and them. It, it What's crazy is yes, but not the talent though.
0: Not they the talent. Yeah,
2: but not the talent, but the play. Yeah, the, but the play. They, they play it better than any other Suns team ever. They should win the championship. But that's not how the world works. It was so funny. They right. should win. What's so funny is they, they should have won.
0: They should. They should yeah, they should have won. won. Should have won it. They I, won. Thought, I thought the Bucs though. weren't gonna win a game. Where's the I thought the Bucks weren't
2: gonna win a game. I was like, it's done, they're gonna get swept. They're too disciplined. Chris Paul is too
0: disciplined. Like, when you're playing against him, you got to understand, as a team itself, they're going to have five to 10 turnovers. Right. This
2: as a team, it's, as a not a player.
0: That is hard to beat when you know you're talking about 86 to 96 possessions, and yep. they're going to only turn the ball over five to 10 times. Yep. That is a hard team to beat. Yep. And you know you're going to get a great shot Every single time down, you can't make them. You gotta have a perfect game against somebody like that.
2: So, that when we lost to San Antonio years ago, all those years, that's what it was. We were better than them, we were more talented. But we used to say, if there's 100 possessions, even if we make four mistakes, Mm -hmm. they're gonna make make three. Three. Then that one is gonna be the one that costs us. The year when we lost in the first round, we lost 4 1 to them. This is the one where where we had Shaq. Mm Game one was an overtime game, double overtime game, where Tim Duncan hit his only three of the year, of yeah, the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget it. They ran pick and pop, and Roger was uh, locking and trailing over. And Shaq dipped back to, to help, mm-hmm. and they swung it back to Timmy, and he's wide open, and we we're like, oh my God, and I'm like, wait, it's Tim Duncan. He don't shoot threes, and he shot a three, and he fist bumped. And I saw the look in his eyes, and I swear to God, I was like, yeah, we ain't winning this series. Yeah, yeah. This series. That was game one. Oh, that that was game was game We're one. not winning this series. <laughs> this dude's doing this. Yeah, yeah. Same thing they had, like, to go to overtime. Mike uh, Finley came off a curl where it was LB guarding him, and, and Stat was guarding the big. And LB and Stat together on a, on a defensive assignment. It was just horrible. not going to work. Yeah. It hit that shot. And then game two, same thing. It came down to the, down to the wire. Game three, they blew us out. Mm-hmm. Game four, it was, we won. Game four, we blew them out. And then game five, we messed up an inbound at the end. And I never get Steve said, like, it's the little it's things. It's the little things. It's not like, oh, we're, they're so unguardable. It's the little things. We played five games against them. We blew them out once, they blew us out once. The other three games were just mistakes.
0: People don't understand that when, when you're talking about playoff basketball, stop looking at the record. That record means nothing. It's who is disciplined. Dog, Like, who is disciplined because that's what it's going to take? Who can adjust well and who can, like, just think about the finer things, like those little things that count? That's all that matters. That the is... hustle back, the 50-50 plays, you turn the ball over. you get... That's the only thing that, that matters in the playoffs.
2: I tell people all the time, oh, they, they beat them three times. Remember when Oklahoma City beat Portland three out of four times mm-hmm. in the regular season? And then in the playoffs, they waved them goodbye, right? I'm like... You got understand, regular season, okay. We were in Cleveland, we flew overnight, we, we got in today, like, we got a uh, advanced scout who watched the last four games or whatever. So there's a little walkthrough that we'll do, but, like, okay, we go out there, we play, win or lose, believe it or not, like, within an hour after the game. We've already moved on to the next shit. Like, yeah. I can't sit around and be like, I can't believe he, they beat, like, no, yeah, one's, no, doing no one's doing that. No one's doing that. But people, like, fans think that. They think, like, after a loss. I'm in the cold tub, whatever, like, angry, and the coaches are like, what the hell went wrong? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Embarrassing loss, that might happen. Yep. But, like, on a day-to-day, you can't, because we got another game. You, know, you, you got to get ready 82 for of those it. We've yep.
1: seen LeBron dancing at the Super Bowl, and obviously the Lakers are a hard comparison, but it's like, he's going to have a life. Like I'm not just going to be sitting sulking at the crib all day. It's
2: like, if he went home and was mad, like, like I'm not watching the Super Bowl because we're not going to, that's not going to change anything. Yeah. So, But when we get to the playoffs, now I'm sitting here and... My whole staff, not one guy, my whole staff has devoted their entire life to stopping you. Yep. What is the thing Gil likes to do? We're gonna take it away. What's the thing he doesn't like? We're gonna throw that at him. Yep. And we're sitting there, we got film, we got books, we got plays. Where Everything is sitting around designed to stop you, to kill, like, to kill your, your strongest point. I was watching Oklahoma City and Portland, I'm like, yeah, these games don't matter. And they're like, why not? I was like, well, first of all, Dame is gonna execute. Russ is gonna play off in motion. Yep. Russ is gonna ride this roller coaster. Dame is gonna be like, I'm going here. So when Dame starts hitting threes, because Russ is riding the roller coaster, he's like, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same thing. Yep. But buddy, that's not your strong suit, mm-hmm. right? And that's what the playoffs are all about. When you talk about discipline, it's knowing what's my strong shit. Mm-hmm. Like if we get in a roast battle, yeah. I'm not gonna start roasting you about money because that's not my strong suit. That is your <laughs> strong suit. I'm gonna find something else. It's the same thing. You gotta find the thing that's, you, that's your thing. And you gotta find the thing that that's their thing, take it away from them. And that's what, so everyone laughs when I say one full flat,
0: right? Ah. Everyone laughs when I say that. i take you
1: seriously, I'm but, gonna
0: be real. No, 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 but you don't understand, people don't understand the concept of why that play is so important. No one scouts it. So when you're going into a playoff game, mm-hmm. you know everything I want to do. Every single thing. Yep. So if you don't have a player on your roster a scouting report definitely. that a scouter report does not actually fit, you are hurt. Like you gotta remember, it's like, it's like being a Bugatti. I always said Bugatti in traffic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Playoffs is traffic. Yeah. You gotta learn how to drive Dive and trap. So if you don't have half court players that can create offense, it's, off the what's the name, you're gonna have a, tr- a hard time in the playoffs because everyone knows what you're gonna do. So every time, like, some, oh, you're it, one flat it, flat it, yeah. blah, blah. do that a couple times. They call the timeout now. They have to adjust. Now we can go to the play that you wanted to go. Right. All right, Antoine, we're gonna do this because now they it. Like you have to understand. Like, look, I'm watching. I'm watching your defense. I'm watching. Like in the playoffs, I'm watching every. I, I'm watching how you're supposed to guard me. Vrjao, all right. So right. if I if if I try to take Mo Williams off the dribble, they're all helping. Right. If LeBron is guarding me, they they're not, They're just gonna stay home. All right. I'd rather play against one right. than five. All right. Pick and roll with LeBron. Yep. Now I got LeBron on me. Right. No help. Okay. Straight to the basket. Right, Layup. Right. Like, you know, so you sit there and you play those games. You try to find out what their weakness, who they're trying to hide and go from there. You know,
2: so that's where the 1-4... One one, here's my thing. I like 1-4 flat as, like, an option. <laughs> but some people go in like, this is my main strategy. Like, that's when it doesn't work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're like, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to kill the ball and get the hell out of his way. Like, it works in the regular season, but you're going to run up against a team that's mm-hmm. just deep enough and, and good enough defensively where it, it reaches its limit. But... That doesn't mean it's unnecessary or it's bad. It's just it's like, like anything. Like you can't do one of one thing all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have you gotta have you know, change ups and shit like that.
0: I, mean, I played in a Princeton. Yeah, yeah, with Eddie so, Jordan, yeah, right? Uh, it was a Princeton <laughs> offense, so you no, know. That's everything. so crazy. They put Gilbert Raiders in a game. <laughs> G- <laughs> no, but see, and, and it worked. That's because you know, I I was a shooting guard in, in in college. Right. I got four all-Americans on my team. So yeah getting the ball from them wasn't, so I had to learn how to read, react, right. like backdoor, like understand that I can I can dr- run in this space yeah, knowing that I won't mess up the play. So if my man's turning, I run in the space, Luke will pass it, layup. Yep. If not, I can just run, come back, because I know there's nothing going on in this moment. So I had to understand the offense, I had to understand everybody's weakness right. and strengths on this team. So if RJ is, you know, if he's right-handed, you know, and I don't. I don't. You know, I don't want to. I don't want him to shoot. I just run right in that space, cut off his right hand, <laughs> post up right there. You, you can't go left. <laughs> well, yeah. and I'll do shit. I'll do little you know.
2: stuff like that. yo, that's hilarious. <laughs> My man game plan. Like game plan against your teammates. Yeah, <laughs> listen, I'm like, trying you to right. score. He not ain't gonna want to hear. So, <laughs> but, but that
0: was the problem with me. I was so in tune with. Yeah. I was so in tune with everything. Like people, people thought I was just like wow yeah. i was wild but i underst i i studied so much that when i was around you guys i want to have fun right like i was here at five o'clock this and that so yeah. now when i see my teammates in, the, in like fun time like i already got my work so <laughs> not my problem <laughs>
1: <laughs> got a couple more for you me so obviously you're friends with steve kerr you guys work together when right. you look at this warrior squad this year you had to put your money on one team, the Warriors or the Suns that come out of the West. Who do you think?
2: Earlier this year, I was saying Warriors. I, I think I'm, I'm leaning more Suns now, but I got to keep reminding myself Draymond's not playing. Yeah. And everything that's happened to Golden State, and this is for all the people like, oh, he averages a triple single. You see the impact there. Yeah. You, and it's not just defensively, it's him playmaking, him telling people where to go. It's one of my favorite things watching them is Draymond got the ball, passes it and then he shoves the shit out of somebody because they're in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, understand, yeah. <laughs> when Steph passes the ball, he's not passing the ball like because it's your turn. Yeah, yeah. He's passing the ball because he's going to relocate. Yeah. And you standing there is right where he's supposed to be, so you need to get the hell out yeah. of there. <laughs> I, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment and say, oh, I think Suns, because I think with Draymond, it changes the map there, and we haven't even seen what Wiseman's going to do mm-hmm. for them. The, the one thing I will give, even when Draymond comes back, is I look at that Suns roster and now you've got the bets are bets and then the young guys have had their taste of deep playoff action. Yep. Right. I look at the Warriors like, okay, Steph, Clay, Draymond, cool. <laughs> that's all cool, right? we think about. Now it's like, okay, Poole, mm-hmm. Wiggins, Toscano Anderson, yeah. Peyton. I mean, these are guys all rotation guys with Kuminga. Mm-hmm. What have they done? What, how, they played well, but what have they done that's been that what we were talking about, that mistake-free basketball yep. where every possession matters. Mm-hmm. Where we're gonna be on your ass on every possession. They haven't had it yet. Now, is it possible that they'll learn on the fly? Sure, but I always like, when you ask me to two teams that are very close, I always lean towards the ones that have okay. been through that war. Cuz mm-hmm. they know what it's like, they know what the, the value of a possession. And I don't know if those young guys, like I don't know if Jordan Poole knows it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might think he knows it <laughs> yeah. until you get in that situation.
1: So let's move over to the East. Obviously, we're in Cleveland. Got to talk about the Cavs. Yeah. How legit do you feel like this Cavs squad is? And can they make a run in the East?
2: It's weird, man, because the East is so flat. Like, I think two and a half games separate one yeah. from, from seven or whatever. Um, first of all, shout out to J.B. Bickerstaff. You talk about a, a lifer. This dude has been around the league for a long time as an assistant coach, as a player development coach, paid his dues. It's like It's always funny to me when people are like, demanding, why isn't so-and-so a coach yet? I'm like, you know how many guys, like him and Steven Silas and Jamal Mosley, these dudes were like assistants for 20 years. Yes. You guys are wondering why a dude that retired from playing three years ago, why ain't a coach yet, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's crazy to me when people talk like that because I know guys like that have been waiting for their opportunity. And a lot of times we know you get an opportunity, it's not going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. It's yep. going to be because somebody got fired and yep. in you're the interim, which happened to JB in, uh, in Memphis or in Houston, right? He finally got a squad where, like, okay, you're the coach. Go ahead and coach it. You get Jared Allen, who was a game-changer for them. Like, when they look back at how good this Cavs team is, when did it start? It started when you got Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone's going to think about Mobley, and they should, because home run mm-hmm. of a pick. But the real start was when they got Jared Allen, because he's the one that started him getting better defensively and, like, having kind of an identity of this is what we do. You have Mobley, who now gets... to. That had to be a savior, mm-hmm. even though he's playing great. And then now Garland is playing better. Yep. You had Laurie Markkinen, everything's coming together. So I look at this Cavs team as they're going to get to the playoffs, and it's a bunch of young guys, and they're going to get smacked. It, just... the, the only chance they have is if they play Toronto. Yes. If they play just a clear talent so, gap or another
0: team that's like them. as young as them. Sense, the only, like, If they play Toronto, then at that point, it's, it's 50-50 at that point. Yeah. It's like, Because Toronto's you know,
2: going to be the, the wily veterans.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Wily you know. veterans, but they don't have no real yep. takeover guy. Yep. You know, so it's one of those two that's like, that's going to be just, yeah. you know, that if they match up, that's actually going to be a great series. Yep. Because it is going to go down to. That chess game. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: So last one for you, for both of y'all. LeBron's going to be a free agent. There's been some rumblings that he could make a trip back to Cleveland.
2: He could come back. Go get the cat. Can the cat get the shot on
0: bro, he, Did you oh, see that, bro? You like the elevator. Oh, you see that out there, bro? You're not going from palm trees. Oh man, like, they already did it from
2: Miami. No, you're not so going to palm trees. High 75. Tree. <laughs> low of uh, 48. Oh, it's chilly tonight in Los so Angeles. Any way possible, LeBron? can. It's chilly tonight. 48.
1: Any way possible, LeBron can
2: <laughs> make one trip back to Cleveland. One. One running back. One more year. One. One scenario. This is the Doctor Strange. Seven billion. There's one scenario where it works. His son gets drafted here. Ronald. Ronaldinho. It comes here. If If uh, Bronny. If Bronny comes, comes here, here, he then he'll come. He'll come back.
1: We need that frozen ping pong ball.
0: <laughs> no, no oh, <laughs> Illuminati. Actually, it's one of these. Like if you're Cavs and you have a top five pick. Smart, smart money is. Pick Bronny, then you know at that point. Dad is gonna start calling. All right, listen, I'm gonna go. I need you to come with me. It's gonna be one of those. It's gonna be one of those because he's like, you know, he's so calculated, right? And he's not gonna come into a situation where his last year he wins 20 games.
2: Right. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's gonna come on his terms, but luckily for him, He's one of the few people who can actually call his terms and make it happen. Yeah. Like some of us say, the only way I'll go, man, if Josiah gonna be on the team, I'm like, well, all right, I mean, I guess, I guess neither of y'all come in. 21
0: team, I ain't coming. Toronto did it with Kawhi. Oh, yeah. He was like, I just need Paul George. All right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> We just won. Uh, what
1: the hell we need to pay all Paul Talk to Both of you right now on the spot, where is LeBron going to finish his career? If you're LeBron, Bronny aside, let's say Bronny got to go to college for a couple years. Right. Where's the dark horse spot LeBron could go if he wants to win more, one more ring? Or does he need to stay with the Lakers and they figure
2: it out? Oh, I don't think he's staying with the Lakers. You don't think so? Uh, I, think, I think he's still got a couple more, like, like I think this year, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I think this year has taught him, like, oh, it ain't automatic.
0: But but you gotta remember, you're still talking about Los Angeles Lakers. Right. Sure.
2: Everyone
0: wants to go there. Sure. So he has more power with that logo because he can, oh, he, can yeah. he can pull any free agent to come there. Right. To, right? That was his problem in Cleveland. The reason he left the first time. Because he's on the phone. Everybody.
2: Hey, Chris Bosch, come on over. Like, Cleveland. It's like, nah, no, no. Wade. They were like, yo, let's play together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, how about y'all come to Cleveland? Ah, uh, Cleveland. <laughs> oh, it, and you, that's you, what didn't happen. I so like Cleveland. So
0: now, that, but th- that's the only reason he leaves that first year because yep. he's like, at this point, I need to win. Yep. Nobody wants to come here. I'm getting old, retired. The Shaq. I'm getting old, Shaq. Antoine. I'm getting these players, and I just need. So he's forced to leave. Yep. Win didn't come back. Now everybody's, like, oh, he's a champ. Okay, now I'll come. Right. Right. As I still, I see what you're saying. Larry Hughes is the highest paid free agent. Damn, that's right. That's the high, people don't realize I've, that. Larry Hughes is the highest free agent I, in 2005.
2: Cleveland's ever had. Yeah. Outside I, uh, free agent.
0: Yeah, outside of LeBron, obviously.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah, outside LeBron, yeah, yeah. But like, it's funny because we, we played this game with Portland. We are talking about, oh, how are you gonna get Dame some help? Or they need to clear the cap. I'm like, do you know what the biggest free agent they ever signed was? It's like Derek Anderson is like it's 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 nothing to write home about
0: basically.
1: No sales tag or recreational though. Yeah, that don't or mean
2: it.
0: like people don't
2: people don't understand like your city matters. Yep, that shit matters. I, I think I think your organization matters, but the city definitely like the organization matters.
0: Like I'm glad that younger younger owners are coming in because those owners are basketball, right. some type of basketball. They they like understand a little bit more. Back then it was just. Businessman, oh, yeah, old, old businessman, so they didn't really care man. about,
2: none of that meant anything. Like. I'll give you the dark horse though. He's going back to South Beach, baby. Woo. I, I, that's where I think he's gonna do one more. I don't know if he'll retire there. I don't know how great it'll be. I think he wants to go back. I think it's one of those things where at the time, everybody's like, fuck you, no, fuck you. And now as you get older, you realize, damn, like we actually had it pretty good. In, like right. As an organization in Miami, Miami's one of the, rare things where it's like the city's fire and the organization is on point. Bro, when you get a
0: taste of LA weather, bro, you're not going back to hurricane season, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, you're not, not, you don't have hurricane season. That's in the
0: summertime. It's hurricane season, but I lose my house. (laughs) You never never know out here. I mean, before I let you go,
1: I see you got the clear wristband. Yeah, buddy. the ultimate flex to get you into any function? Does that work anywhere
2: beyond the airport? Yeah, I mean, like, I got it here. I got it for All-Star weekend, so now I don't have to get checked. And, hey, let me see your. No, no, I got this, man. Yeah, I man. Like, what the hell is that? Hold on. You am don't, don't do got the clear? What the hell is a clear? You got clear? What is clear? Oh, man.
1: So you, 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 you be, you be chartering, Gil, so you clear, you, they, they do your joint, you can just circumvent all lines at the airport.
0: I don't fly like that. <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, like, why am I leaving L.A., baby? Okay, this, <laughs> where, this, where am I going?
2: This is the man who was told hey man, you can still check this bag, just talk to that lady over there and say, I'm just going home.
1: <laughs> well, me, we appreciate you pulling up and thank you to the BrewDog Outpost out here in Cleveland, All-Star Weekend. This has been another episode of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We'll be back with more very soon.